Wow. Come on, pray with me as you're there. Because there is a place for you. And this place is reserved for you. It's like, it's like a banquet, an important banquet for distinguished persons. And there are name placards by every table setting. God has reserved for you your name, your place. My question today, my question to you is are you in your place? And if you are in your place, are you ready to receive what he has prepared for you? Lift your hands to the Lord as a sign of surrender. I come, we come to your table today, Father. Thank you for what you've prepared. Thank you, Lord, for changing our hearts, removing our doubt, squelching our fears, giving us hope and direction, and releasing us to be and do what you've called us for. I thank you, Heavenly Father. We stand against every evil voice that says anything different. Let your word have preeminence today in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. amen. Clap one more time. Didn't they do one? Isn't that marvelous? Amazing. Amazing. As you take your seats, would you find in the scripture, in the book of Mark, chapter 15, and I'd like you just to, in your mind, keeping in mind what they have just betrayed, portrayed before us, keeping that table in mind, in order to help us understand the word of the Lord today, I need to help you paint a picture. And the picture is right after the crucifixion. I don't know if you, if you can relate to this, but after so many promises and so many demonstrations of his authority and power, after seeing visible evidence of the kingdom of God manifest in his life, in Jesus' life. Everywhere he went, everything he did, everyone he spoke to. And those that were with him, and Jesus made sure that when he did the work of the Father, he made sure his disciples were right there. How many tables did they sit at? How many miracles did they behold? How many wonders did their eyes see? And they had to almost pinch themselves to believe, I'm really seeing this. They come to that last table I was speaking with you about last week, right before he was to be crucified. 
And he tells them, he said, I, I have longed to eat this. I've longed to eat this meal with you. Because he knew exactly what was about to happen. He knew what he was submitting himself to. And every pain, every difficulty, every trial, just begin to praise the Lord. Just begin to bless him. Just begin to bless the Lord. Just begin to bless the Lord. I thank you, Father, that you would take care of that in the name of Jesus. Come on, begin to bless him and begin to praise him. Father, as he's at this table today, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for helping him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for taking care of me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just worship him for just a moment. Just thank you and bless you. I thank you, Holy Spirit. Bless your name, Jesus. Bless your name. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence. Thank you. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. remember that the scriptures declare that when Jesus was being crucified at the very moment of his crucifixion the, the, the sun actually it was an eclipse that happened the sun grew dark as the sun and moon perfectly aligned if you consider how much time it takes in the solar system for these things to happen God's timing was absolutely perfect and it became dark. As the demons of hell thought they won. Celebrated. Though they didn't know it in vain. Pilate, who had sentenced him to death, sat on the corner of his throne wondering whether he was dead yet. He even sent word to his centurion to get a report. Was he really dead yet? Are you all there? And Joseph of Arimathea, this is amazing to me, 
<laughs> Joseph of Arimathea, the Bible says, gathered up the courage to go and ask for the body of Jesus. Joseph was a man of means and obviously a disciple, a follower. Last week I rehearsed that word. It's a very special word. Jesus said, follow me. Or if it said you follower of Jesus, it's a, it's a, it's a word that, that says, that means I am so committed to this person, I am willing to risk everything to follow him. I'm not just studying him. I'm not just watching him. I am in his footsteps in everything, in anything he commands me to do, I'll do it. Joseph was obviously a follower of Jesus. And what Joseph said, went to Pilate and said, I want his, may I have his body? I have a, a tomb. I've purchased a tomb for his body. Pilate wouldn't let him have the body until he figured out the body was dead. So he sent word to the centurion. The centurion comes and said, he's dead. For all of you that are doubters, and some of you have heard lies about Jesus not really dying. You take a spear, a Roman spear, and thrust that thing up in your chest and pierce your heart and your body chest breaks open and blood and water falls out, gushes out. Oh, you dead. They couldn't afford for him not to be dead. In fact, it was their lives if he wasn't dead. They, oh, they understood when you get a command, you care, if you don't carry out the command, you are dead. Or you better die trying. Oh yeah, that's the, that's the way the Roman army, that's the way they command, that's the way they worked. He was dead. Joseph takes his body, he's given permission by Pilate, Joseph takes his body and Joseph has got his body because he wants to prepare the body. So the tomb is purchased, the stone is rolled away and they're going to prepare they want to, they, it would be our equivalent of embalming but not the way we embalm. They would put spices on the body and they would wrap the body in linen. Are you all there? And after receiving his body, you can find this, by the way, in the 15th chapter in the 42nd verse. Joseph of Arimathea came, a prominent member of the council. So even those in the Roman council had been touched by Jesus. In the same way that even those who are governing us know the Lord. He was wait, but I wanted you to read this phrase, but I want you to see this because this is so key. Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the council, who himself was waiting for the kingdom of God. He gathered up courage and went before Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. And Pilate, questioning, found he was really dead, ascertaining this. The centurion granted the body to Joseph and Joseph bought, the, bought a linen cloth, took him down, wrapped him in linen and said and laid him in the tomb which he had hewn out of the rock and he rolled the stone against the entrance of the tomb. Now you need to understand this. No one man was strong enough to do that. 
And since Pilate had released a, a squad to oversee this whole crucifixion, they had rumor that the disciples were going to come and steal his body. So they wanted to be sure because they couldn't afford for this man who was so powerful and so awesome and who commanded another kingdom. By the way, Pilate didn't care about nothing about Jesus until he heard that word kingdom. That he was a king but not of this world. Pilate couldn't stand to have another king. So he had to be killed. Those squad of Roman soldiers, after Joseph from Arimathea had laid his body, wrapped in the tomb, rolled a stone, and then sealed it with a, as a, with a Roman seal, and then placed guards around it. And they, they were going to do that for at least three or four days. Because nobody was going to come and take this body and say he had risen. Because Jesus told them, I, I've got to die, but I am going to raise. Okay, okay, I understand. But what if, look at your neighbor next, next to you. What if your neighbor told you, I'm going to die tomorrow, but I'm going to raise in three days? I know you love your neighbor, and many of you, they're your friends, but you know, no matter how close they are to you, you're looking at out of the corner of your eye like, hmm. You'd be asking questions like what you've been smoking. What you've been taking. I said this to say to you, guarding this tomb day and night, I, I don't know if you, you get it or not, but when the Roman army guarded something, they guarded it with their life. In other words, if anybody came against the order of disturbing in any way that situation, they were dead. They would kill them right then and right there. Or they would die trying. <laughs> Three days of this. They probably say, man, these, these Hebrews, they ain't gonna come get, they ain't gonna come get this body. They, they probably sitting around drinking coffee, talking about, or whatever they were drinking. They ain't gonna do that. They ain't coming. Hey, what, what, hey, when, when, sun up, be three days, our duty be over. Can you mean three, three days, three days and night guard duty? Anybody even in the army? Any fellow army? Raise your hand, I wanna see if you're around. Everybody who goes in the army has to, has to pull guard duty. Am I right about it? It's usually an all-night duty. These boys had it three days. They tired. They want to go home. The Bible records that in the midst of that, <laughs> can, you imagine be, can you imagine being a soldier? You know, you like it. <laughs> hey, three days? All of a sudden, a light shone so bright they, they can't stand it. And they hear the seal break, pow, and, the, and, the, and stone against stone, and, and it's being rolled away, and they don't know what to do. The light is so bright they can't stand up. They don't know what to do. When everything is done, they, don't, they are pandemonium. 
They don't know who to fight. They don't know what to do. By the way, touch your neighbor and say, when God moves on your behalf, nobody can stop it. I don't care what their name is. I don't care what their rank is. I don't care how much money they got. When God moves on your behalf, I promise you, it shall be done. Amen. And that's one of the reasons why we come to the table, because whatever he promises, he will keep. I got to hurry with this, because you have no idea where I'm going. God, help me. So he brought this linen, wrapped him up, and, and Mary Magdalene, verse 47, because Mark's gospel leaves out a lot of details, but gives the details that Mark knows. And Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Jesus, were looking on to see where he was laid. They came to see, where did they, where did they land? Because they were some of the last to leave their hopes, their dreams are spilling out as his blood is leaking out. They are some of the most loyal. And, and those of you who have bought into the lie of the disparity and the, and the uh, uh, between men and women, between males and females, you don't get the Bible. Anybody ever told you that the Bible is against women or somehow places women in a secondary position, you don't know what you're talking about. You've never read the scripture. You don't even understand. You are misinformed. But the Bible makes it clear that the very first people to witness him are women. The brothers, they're like, well, I mean, it's over. Yes. Can you imagine all the promises Jesus gave and Peter saying stuff like, well, he's dead. Can you imagine all of them gathering together and wondering, what else going to do? What are we going to do? He was our whole life. Our whole existence wrapped up in following him. And he's now gone. And for them, dead meant finish, complete, over. But Peter said, I don't know what y'all are going to do, but I'm going fishing. Peter said, I'm going back to doing what I was doing. I'm going back to the life I had before. I ain't got nothing else. And they didn't know what to do, so they followed Peter. Are you all still there? All right, with that, get this. Mary Magdalene, the mother of Jesus, they show up and because they want to know where he's laid. And when the Sabbath day was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, mother of Jesus, James and Sony, and they bought spices so that they might come and anoint him. Because they would think, well, he's wrapped up, but ain't nobody anointed him. So we needed to, we needed to at least make some of the body, you know, they was, can I put it this way? They were worshiping something that was already dead because of the love they had for him. Are you with me? 16 and 2. Mark 16 and 2. Very early in the, in the first day of the week, they came to the tomb uh, when the sun had risen and they said to one another, who rolled the stone away? You know, there was, not only was a stone rolled away, the guards weren't there. 
Now that meant in Roman terms, if the person you're guarding has left, the, if you've left the position, you dead. So all of them should have been killed. But every single one of them came with the same report. Can you imagine when they reported to the commanding officer? Said this man, he said, we, do, we don't know. He says, sir, sir, we stood guard. We were there every day, every moment of the day. And then all of a sudden, they begin to describe what happens, right? Now, you got to get it. There is no more advanced army in the world than the Roman army at that time. There were no one who had more advanced weaponry at that time than Romans who were guarding this tomb with their skill, expertise, and with their life. So if you read in the scripture, you'll find that they were paid off to say. Now can you imagine the Roman army being paid off to say they came and stole his body? Lord, that mercy sound like government today. I would, I would give you a, 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 I would give you an Afghanistan example, but I won't go any further right. than that. Whatever, we want the masses to believe a lie. Because if they believe the truth, everyone will be transformed. I wonder what our government's hiding. Check it out. It says, <laughs> they entered the, when they entered the tomb, they looked up, check it out, verse 4. Looking up, they saw the stone had been rolled away although it was extremely large. In other words, who rolled this stone away? I know the, the Roman army ain't gonna roll this stone away. And these two women, right? Can you imagine these two ladies? Pardon me, two, two ladies from the hood. Somebody ought to write a book. You know what they're gonna do. Now the brothers ain't going to the tomb and God knows they ain't going in. But these two sisters, they, they look, the Bible says, verse 5, are you there? Entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting at the right, wearing a white robe, and they were shocked. The word amazed, they were shocked. They come into the tomb where the body of Jesus was supposed to be laid, and they're looking in there, and here's a young man sitting on the edge of the stone, swinging his feet. There's <laughs> something young man saying, uh, all right, ladies, what y'all, what y'all looking about? And by the way, I don't know how many of you think that holiness and hilarious don't go in the same box, but I want to tell you that God, it can be hilarious. And this little kid sitting there, he, young man sitting there swinging his feet, and they come in to see where he was. And he said to them, what did he say to them? Saying, what did he say? Don't be shocked. Don't be scared. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who has been crucified. He has risen. Say, somebody shout it right now. He has risen. I'm going to ask you to do it again, but this time when you shout it, I want, I want you to alert demons you know the truth. Come on, say it again. He has risen. Hallelujah. Check it out what he said. He said, he is not here. Behold. Here's the place where they laid him. Then, the, the, then the, he's an angel, obviously, tells them, he gives them an assignment. He says, he said, go, he says, but go tell his disciples 
and Peter. I know. I just can't stay there. I know. I know. I just can't stay there. He said, go tell his disciples and Peter. He is going to, he's going ahead of them to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. I told y'all before. After three days I was going to raise, I told you. I never lied to you. Why would I lie to you again? Because Jesus, we just can't conceive of somebody being dead, graveyard, stank dead, and, and raising up and raising again. Are you all there, saints? Please stay with me. It's, it's prelude to where I need to go. And, and they, check it out, and they went out and they ran. They did not walk. Them sisters did not walk. They weren't like, you know, man, we're going to tell them. They were like, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus. Pull, pull that dress up, tie that thing. I said, Lord Jesus. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So, oh, he's alive. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. He's a Man, they, they looking at them women like they have lost their mind. They look like they've been smoking dope like some of y'all used to do. Check it out. Check it out. He said, he said, he said, he said, and they said nothing, and they went out from the tomb, trembling, are you there? Shocked, astonishment that gripped them, and they said nothing to another one, for they were what? Now, he goes on to say, and after they had risen, after, now after he had risen early on the day, on the first day of the week, he first appeared to who? He first appeared to who? From whom he had cast out what? And, and she went and reported it what? To those who had been with him while they were mourning and weeping. Are you there? So they come out of there beside themselves. But can you imagine? See, Mark's, Mark's gospel doesn't give you. If you go to Matthew's gospel you'll see that Jesus that the young man sitting on there he's swinging his feet right and and she said she thought it was the gardener she said would, would tell me where they laid his body you know tell me she's weeping and 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 then Jesus stood up and said Mary she know that voice oh she knows that voice excuse me I wonder, do you? I'm giving you the report of the other gospels. She turns around and, he, and, and she, can't, she believes it, but she says, Rabboni, to call him teacher, Rabboni. She grabs his feet. He said, don't touch me yet, Mary. I have not yet ascended to my father. Lord have mercy. Every person who follows Jesus needs a revelation. This is part of what it means to be born again. Every person who follows Jesus needs to have a revelation that he really is alive. He is not 
dead. You said, I've never seen him. But you, when God comes to you for, you for you to be born again, something happens in your spirit. And you know that you know that you know that you know that he is alive. And what you read, you know is true. Because somehow, however God does it, allows us to experience that within ourselves. And we know it like we know ourselves. How many of you know what I'm knowing? If you know what I know, if you understand that, then begin to clap your hands and give him praise. Because he's the one that allows you to know. And when you know that, when you know that, when you know that, it changes everything. It changes everything. Almost there. Check it out. Verse 11, when they found out that he was alive, had been, when they had heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, what does it say? Verse 11, what does it say? The last phrase, say it please. And it didn't say they couldn't believe it. They didn't say they were un in a, unable to believe it. What does it say? Now, we had that same scenario working today. When you, when you, you talk to some people about Jesus, they just refuse to believe. They say, well, I ain't going to believe. I ain't going to believe. Yeah, yeah, right. You believe in that old white man's Bible? Hello? Yes, then they give you 10,000 excuses and reasons why he's not alive. So the Lord had seen and had, <laughs> had been in, in Mary's presence and she comes back and she tells them, now they know who she is. They know she's not a liar. She got delivered from demons. He's alive, y'all. He's alive, y'all. They said, oh, what? I said, he's alive. And they're looking at her. I think, my conjecture, I think they wanted to believe, but were so disappointed at his death, they didn't want to be disappointed again. I think it's a, it's a, it's a state of many believers today. They've had their dreams and hopes crushed. And opposite things have happened to them and they have re simply, not they couldn't, that they, re they just refused to believe it. Say what, baby? Yeah, why would you send a woman to give that message, not the brothers? Because if you want something done, send a woman. If you want something told, if you want the truth to be told, Hello, somebody. If you got a message to be delivered, have mercy, Jesus. Oh, she, you going to know. You might not accept it, but you're going to know. So they refused to believe it. And after that, he appeared. After that, he, Jesus, appeared in a different form. Check this out. He appeared in a different form, the two of them, while they were walking along on their way in, in uh, way to the country. They went away and reported it to the others, but what about it? What said what? They, what? they didn't believe them either. So the woman gonna tell him, all right, went to the grave, 
Two of them, Jesus appears before them. They go back and, and tell them they still don't believe. Uh, to look at your neighbor that there's some people who are in that place still won't believe. Tell them. Okay, so, so I'm going to put it this way. But before it's over, oh, they're going to believe. Before it's over, they're going to believe. So don't be discouraged. Verse 14. After he appeared to the, how many? After he appeared to the who? Yeah. Themselves as they were doing what? Read it one more time. After he appeared to the 11 themselves as they were what? What did he say to them? He got on their case. Why didn't you believe me? Where did he do this? He did it at the table. It is amazing. It's not, it's not a rejection. A rebuke is not a rejection. Tell your neighbor what I said. A rebuke is not a direction. It's not a re rejection. Some of us are so sensitive. Man, if God gets on our case, we just well, I don't want to play. I don't want, I don't want any. I ain't going back to church. Because we have confused the two. By the way, those whom you love, you will rebuke them. And what did, he, what did the Lord rebuke them for? Please read the scripture. Please read it. Lord have mercy. He rebuked them for their unbelief. And, and this one, it really gets me. This hardness of heart, with that, this, this is, that, that, that's that stubborn, I just ain't going to do it. This is, this is what we have to deal with. And parents, don't, don't forget your table because your table is going to reveal the stubbornness in your children. I've got to say this to us because we need to have it because we need God to take us where we have not been willing to go. They just, I, I just ain't going to do it. Have anybody, any of you have any kids that got that somehow, got that spirit on them and just say, I just ain't going to do it. How many of you, he said, even, even at the threat of a beating, I just ain't going to do it. <laughs> and some of y'all, some of y'all look at your kids in unbelief. You know, some of y'all, you go ahead and go ahead and write your last will and testament. Some of y'all said, I'm going to jail today. I'm going to jail today about what I'm about to do to you. Yes, because yeah, you know, because the Bible says, uh, 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 <laughs> Johnson's translation, apply the board of education to the seat of their learning and you will save their soul from hell. Jesus says, why would you believe me? I told you what I was going to do. And I, everything I did before then, I said I did. Every miracle, every word, I told you. I haven't told you, Peter. 
after you're converted, strengthen your brothers. He rebuked them for their hardness of heart. I, I want to stay before we take this meal today. When, I tell you, a great gift of the Holy Spirit is when he reveals in you where your heart has been hard toward what he's promised or what he's, what he's commanded. A heart that said, well, I just ain't, I just don't want to. Well, who gives a flea flying flip whether you want to? Have, have you parents ever had a situation where you fixed a meal or prepared a meal or provided a meal and, and your child has enough gumption to tell you? I mean, the child who's receiving <laughs> life from you, the child who, Lord Jesus, the child who, who, who's received their, their very clothes on their back. I'm talking about the bed they lay on. I'm talking about the shoes they put on their feet. I'm talking about, I'm talking about the, very, the, the very sheets that they lay on. You provide for them a shelter over there. You provide, protect you. And they're going to tell you. I, I just don't like it. I don't want it. I ain't going to eat it. And some of you have been listening to the wrong voices that tells you that if you don't resist that, you will somehow create a psychological malady in your child. They'll be psychologically un undeveloped if, if, you, if you force them. There are, there's a whole philosophy out there that says that if you discipline your child, you will derange their mind. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're out of their mind. I like to read the Bible. I like what the Bible, I like what the Bible, I like what the Bible says. Whip your child. Don't spare the rod. He will not die. Some of y'all been reading the Bible. I'm, I don't know why I keep going back to the family, but we have a whole generation that's raised up on their feelings. And they believe that the highest, the highest level of truth they can ever have is what they feel. Are you, have you lost your mind? Do you know how crazy that is? Just because you feel like you have to move don't mean you can move right there. I have to, I'm trying to be kind. I'm trying to be... Just because your stomach is rumbling don't mean you just go... Right? In fact, you train them... That, no, no, baby, that's not how you do that. You do that. I know you have to do that. I know what you feel. But you hold that till you get over here where you supposed to be so nobody else have to witness that said yeah 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 young man I know you're adolescence I know what you feeling I know how things change you can change real quick down there but 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 just cause you just because you solid don't mean you have hello somebody I know you're mad. I know you want to just cuss. Just cuss. <laughs> Jesus said, your hardness of heart, he rebuked them because of it. I, I want to place the emphasis at this table today that when the Lord rebukes you, it is a gift. Okay, I need help with this one. 
Tiffany helped with this one. I think it's Proverbs 12, 1. Check it out. When the Lord rebukes you or when the Lord corrects you or the Lord, if it gets on your case, that is an incredible blessing. If you ever hear God saying things to you, they go, oh, he just... He just poured out grace on you. I'll tell you what scares me. People who never hear a rebuke from God. Am I right? Is it the right verse? Lord, have mercy. Look at 12.1, Proverbs 12.1. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. Proverbs 12.1. Is it on the screen? Whoever what? What? Say it one more. Read it one more time. Keep going. If the Lord rebukes you for something, it's because he loves you. If you're never rebuked by God, I'd be shaking in my boots if I was you. So when you come to his table, here all, th- all hearts and all thoughts are understood. Because the father of this table, Father God, sees and knows completely and clearly. He knows. All your actions, thoughts, deeds, he knows. He's that intimate, the Holy Spirit. He know, he's intimate, he knows. And yet he loves. My God, he loves. He loves you in spite of your hardness. His reproach was not a lack of love for them, It was an overflow of love for them. I want you to see that today because when you come to the table, you come as you are with no pretense. You're not pretending you're something you're not. You come to the the Lord's table. That's why Paul said, whenever you eat this meal, he said, I want you to wait on those to pray so that they don't take this meal unworthily. You want to take this meal, if you take this meal in a worthy manner, it means you have examined your heart and you've recognized, Lord, in this thing, you want to change this in me. This is not good. If God sees something in your life that's not good, it means my desired end for your, my purpose for your life is started or or it, it is hindered by whatever is in your heart and when we come to eat at the table with the Lord he knows that and he gives us the privilege you know in the Old Testament when the priest would minister in the holies of holies if their heart was not right you know they would or if they were ceremonially unclean 
those bells on the bottom of their robes would stop ringing. That means they're dead. And they would have a, like a shepherd's crook reach in there and pull them out. It was a type of what God was trying to do for us. Now, Jesus is the one in the Holy of Holies for us. He'll never die. And then Jesus gives us his spirit. So we now become the holies of holies. And now we are the ones. We, we are the ones. We are the dwelling place of God. When God rebukes you or when God chastises you, he does so because for your, for your profit. He does so for your good. I believe I'm quoting this scripture. He does for your good and not for your demise. As we come to this table today, before we eat of this table, I want you to lift your hands to the Lord and I want you to talk to him because Jesus, as he was talking to his disciples, as they reclined at that table, see the fact that they were there means you're not, re you're not rejected. Uh, you're totally accepted. But I have something for you to do and you can't do it with that in your heart. God's table is consequential. God's table is provocative. His place of, of, his place of supply, his place of nurture, his place of all that you need at that table is for a reason. Come on, lift your hands and talk to Jesus. You know what the Holy Spirit's been dealing with. If you just be quiet a little bit before him, he'll start talking to you about what he, what he, what he wants to deal with in your life. Thank you, Jesus. What do I do about it, Bishop? Well, it's called repentance. It's called confession. Confess and repent and believe. If you believe, if you believe that God is who he is and that he has risen from the dead, you also believe that you are forgiven, but not without acknowledging what it is from which you must be forgiven. Before we eat this meal together in remembrance of him, the reason why you want your heart clear is because repentance from dead works faith toward God. I can believe everything you've said to I can believe anything you tell me. I can do Everything you command me to do. Thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord. I'm praying now, Father, for those who have not believed you, whose hearts have become hard because they did not receive the answered prayer that they prayed so hard for. And they are disappointed in you, but they don't want to say it. I pray for them now in the name of Jesus. I pray for those who misprayed, prayed prayers that weren't your will and got angry at you because they didn't come to pass. I pray for them, Father, in Jesus' name. May you crack, break up, crumble up. May you make soft and pliable again every heart. I pray, Father, for those who have repeated sin 
who are ashamed of it and want to be released from it. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Father, for releasing them today. I pray for those who have a command from you, but for fear or fear of loss or fear of want, they did not complete that command. I pray for them at this table today. Restore them. Restore their mission. <laughs> Would you do it, Jesus? Thank you, Lord. And verse 15 says, and he said, no, I won't, I won't say it yet. Those of you who, Bishop said, the first thing they did was come to the table where they were accepted. Some of you have been coming around Metro, but you have not come to Metro, to the table, and become officially a part of us to know that you are accepted in this house. I need you to come now to the table. Get out of your seat and come now to the table. If you are if you are online, if you are online, make sure that you let someone know, I am one of those. I have been watching, I have been on the circumference, I have been partaking of some of the things, but I need to come officially to be a part of Metro. You can come here in the center aisle, all right? Come here in the center aisle, come to the table, Don't be afraid. Let my leaders come and stand with these who are standing at this table today. Don't worry, let ministry happen, amen. Isn't it interesting it's on the day of the table of the Lord? Yes, yeah, stand with them, pray with them right now. And, and the prayer is, Lord, let the door, let the heart of this church be open to receive those who belong. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Oh, it's a precious thing when the Lord puts you in the midst of your new, eternal, spiritual family. Clap your hands, somebody, and say amen. I'm, 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 I'm saying this today because I, saints, uh, the Lord is ready to take this church to another level before him. And to do it, you had better be sure that you're joined to, in heart, to this people. Amen. Say amen. amen. Clap your hands if you know it's true. You don't even doubt it. You know it. Go back to the scriptures for a moment as we prepare to receive the table of the Lord. Go back where it says, verse 15, please. Please, it's the same passage. It goes right, it flows right into this. Be sure to get the names of those who are standing with us today so we can instruct them. Verse 15 says, this is after he had rebuked them for their unbelief. Are you, are you there? By the way, this word reproach them, reproach them, it's like point out their shame, point out their disgrace. Are you there? It actually also means to release from shame as a part of deliverance. Wow. Immediately after that, the next sentence, are you there, saints? This is God. This is God, your heavenly Father. Talking to you today, he says, immediately, because of their unbelief, he rebuked them. And he said to them, he said, because you didn't believe him, you had hard heart, you didn't, you didn't believe those who had seen me after, my, after I had risen. And he said to them, go into all the world. Preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved and he who has disbelieved shall be condemned and these signs will follow those who have believed talking about you look at your name he's talking about me talking about you why don't I get any participation in this what's going on with y'all I know what it is. You know this verse of scripture. You know what I'm about to say. And you're trying to protect yourself from what this is. Is that hard? Is that hard? What is that? What, what is that? Because I didn't write the scripture. He wrote the scripture talking to his disciples. So that means if, he was, if, if that his disciples and you his disciples, he was not only talking to them. He talked. I got to go back over here. He's talking to you. Look at you. He is talking to you. In spite of the fact that you think, some, some of y'all say, well, we pay the preacher to do the preacher. Look at your neighbor, if you got the courage. Tell them the preacher's preaching to teach us to preach. Clap your hands and give God praise. You need to get that straight. 
I said the preacher is preaching and teaching so that you can be the preachers and the teachers. Look at your neighbor and say, you the preacher, you the teacher. You the preacher, you the teacher. He's going to be great too. I promise you. Lord, have mercy. When the first time I met him, I knew the presence of God was over him. It is quite amazing. Guard him well. He's a treasure in the hand of the Lord. Look, I want you to understand this. What I'm about to say to you, if you don't get this, you missed the whole thing. If all the events that happened up to this point leads to this. At that, it was that table that they were sitting around, laying around, when Jesus said, I want you to go. I want you. This is after the crucifixion, after the resurrection. He said, I long to eat this with you. And what he longed, he was releasing right there, right there, right there. He said, you know what? He said, I'll tell you what. He says, I want you to go. Look at your neighbor and say, God wants you to go. Amen. I won't break it down like it needs to be broken down. But you, have, you know enough to understand. He said, I want you to go into all the world. By the way, it, this word world, cosmos. Go into all the systems of this world. Are you there, saints? Go into all the systems of this world. And he said, what are you talking about systems of this world? I'm talking about wherever you work, wherever you live, wherever you eat, wherever you sleep, wherever you play, wherever you drive, wherever you, Lord, do whatever you do. Amen. It's all in, in the, all this world. He didn't say go to church and preach. You come to church and get preached too. Why? So you know what to do. You ain't through until you've done what God said do. You know why you need to come to this table? You need to come to get strength and power and anointing and blessing and, and prosperity and everything else you need. Why? So you can fulfill the very thing Jesus told us to do in the first place. Communion is not a place where you come just to feel sorry that Jesus died. Don't feel sorry he died. Be glad he got it from the grave. That's the only reason why you're saved. Ain't no other reason. Ain't no other reason. So therefore, my brother, my sister, I'm sorry. You got work, Captain. You got work to do. You got work to do. And you better find out what that work is, and you better get prepared, and you better do it. If God rebuked them for their unbelief because they wouldn't believe he rose from the dead, what do you think he's going to do for those who don't do after he risen from the dead? What do you think he's going to do about those who don't do what he commands to do? Okay, so it's a little bit heavy for some of y'all, so take your neighbor's hands and get consolation so you won't feel so bad, you know. Hey, listen, I'm going to tell you. If I don't do this, woe be unto me if I don't do this. Woe be unto you if we don't fulfill what the Father's table commands us to do. Are you still breathing, saints? He said, I want you to go into all the world. I want you to preach the gospel. Go into all the systems. Look, I, I, got, another, I, I got another table message for you to say. I want you to go into highways and the byways, alleys. And the, I want you to go into alleys and the, the back alleys. And the, 
You know where the juke joints are. And where the shot houses are. And where the whole houses are. Ain't nobody talking to me. And Jesus said, I want you to go every, and I want you to take this, take this good news. Take this gem. Take this precious. Take this good news. Take it to them. Why? So they can be free. Okay, I know, but it still has to be said. By the way, because we have not done that is why we are suffering in this nation the way we have been suffering. And if we do not rise up and do this, we will suffer even more than you can ever imagine. I want to tell you in the name of Jesus that God's commission on the church was never revoked. God didn't change his mind about what he wanted the church to do and who he wants her to be. And I'm telling you is that this place when they're all sitting around and it's after the resurrection and like, oh my God, he's alive. If he's alive, anything is possible. And they're sitting around thinking, you know, I, you know, uh, we, you know, uh, Jesus, uh, well, you know, uh, we just kind of felt bad, you know, because, you know, I mean, dead, you know, now, now a lot, we don't know, whoa. They had to admit my human weakness. And Jesus, if I can put it this way, come and eat at my table to get strength to believe. John, Mark, come here, boy. Yeah, Jesus. Put your hand in that wound. Lord, have mercy. Mark, wait a minute. This side. Put your hand in my side, Mark. Mark falls to his knees. He can't stand it. So, Master. What he's really saying is, my heart was hard. Some things you don't believe because you don't want to believe it. Mark, blessed is the one who has not seen, yet believes. Is at that table that the Lord gave me the whole commission. Said, I want you to go into all the world, preach the gospel. And when you do this, I'm going to back you up. Look at your neighbor. Said, God will back you up. Find somebody else. Said, you don't get back up until you get up. Until we do what God told us to do. You want to see the power of God? You want to see? He already, he already demonstrated his power to you when you first came to this table. Cleansed you of your sin. I'm talking about that filth stank sin. Took it out of your, took it out of your pores and your skin. Took the chemicals out your body. Killed the very addiction in you. Washed your conscience. So many evil things you didn't, you couldn't even lie down at night without seeing them, rehearsing them over and over and over and over and over again. Took them out of your mind. Gave you sleep that was peaceful. Changed your very nature. Changed your chemistry. Then anointed you with power. For what? So you can feel good and shout? No! So you can do what he told them to do at this time. 
And God has not changed his mind. So lift your hands to the Father today because I want you to fix your heart. I want you to get yourself under control. I want you to choose, make a choice, a, a viable choice. The reason why he saved me, the reason why he heals me, the reason why he delivers me, the reason why he prospers me is so I can do what he called me to do. Talk to the Lord right there where you sit. Father, in Jesus' name, we prepare to eat this, this meal together. We are not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God. Hallelujah. Sorry, guys. It is the power of God unto salvation. So Lord, when you, ate, when, you, when you ate with them that time, when you drank with them that time, it was after your resurrection. And now this is the cup of the new covenant in your blood. The price for our sins, our rebellion, and our hard hearts. This bread is your body which is broken for you. We bless it. Your body that was ripped for us that we might be whole that we might have life and that life abundantly I declare this cup the cup of the new the new the new covenant in your blood I declare this bread your body we prepare now Lord to eat and to drink as you make that preparation as you peel off the the top layer think of it, it God is peeling off of me everything that's useless <laughs> any rebuke that God would have any, anything that God would say to you you know when you go to Revelations you read the book of Revelations every time you go to a chapter he starts and talks about he talks about what he rebukes them for and what he praises them for he does that because he wants them to come more fully into everything he desires Some of you have some personal needs that have not appeared yet. It might be because you have not released the faith for what God has prepared already at his table for you. Have you ever invited guests to your meal and they don't show? Have you ever invited someone to dinner and they don't show? Have you ever sat down at a meal with a person and because of argument or because of division, you, they don't eat the meal? 
How do you think the father feels? All that he went through to prepare this meal. Oh God, oh God. All of you cooks and chefs. It's kind of a difference between a cook and a chef, right? Let me speak to the chefs for a minute. Because you have, you have a higher level of learning and understanding. You know chemistry better and you, you understand what combinations make things work. Amen. You lay out a five, six course dinner with, with intricate dishes that take time. You can't buy these from the delicatessen. You have to mix cost you have to spend the time to get all the ingredients you have to know what temperatures are about and when to mix what in when when to put it in when to take it out some meals have several stages you have to go through even to prepare them and I know I'm going to get through with this stage so you can go home but before I do I wanted you to know that it cost to provide an outstanding eloquent meal the father paid dearly. He paid dearly. You must be something to him to prepare for you the way he prepared. So take the meal, take the bread, and let us eat this bread. Let us drink this cup. <laughs> That's between her and I. table is about your rights and privileges. I want you to stand on your feet and lift your hands to the Lord. And whatever you've bought to this table, whatever you bring to the table, the Father acknowledges that and, and wants to deal with that. Sometime when you go to a a, a, a treasured table, a, a person that you love, you, you, you choose to bring something with you. It's appropriate, in fact, in many cases, to, to bring something to offer at the table. That's our culture. When it comes to the Father's table, there isn't any gift that's acceptable out of your hand. 
day except you. You're the gift. And I want you to give yourself, offer yourself to the Lord in thanksgiving for what he prepared for you. Come on, do that right now. Just give yourself. Lord, we belong to you. Thank you for correcting my hardness of heart to believe that what you said is true. I give you myself, Lord. I am not my own. I was purchased with a price. Help me now glorify you in my body. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in my life, in my family's life. I thank you for this in the name of Jesus. As we leave this place today, we, we look for opportunities for you to use us to fulfill your great commission. To take this glorious gospel, this good news of the release of every man, to take this news to the world that's hate, hurting, and dying. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Let the results be powerful. Let multiplication begin in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you choose it, I will open up my mouth and I will say, I will open my mouth and I will say whatever you want me to say. I will witness, I will display Whenever, however, whoever, I don't care. Whoever it is, I will give them this glorious gospel. Hallelujah. And if they point out my faults, I will point them to the cross. Where I was forgiven and made new. I will not be ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God unto salvation. Clap your hands and give God praise. And let the devil know we coming. Oh, we coming. Come on and praise him. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, bless his name. Thank you for the power to do what you said. Hallelujah. 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 Disruption time has come. Playtime is over. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so when you come back next week, I want to when you come back next week, we'll be unto you if you don't come back next week. <laughs> it's true. But I'm about to release, we'll be under you if you don't. Because somebody's responsible to hear. Amen. Yeah. Okay, so here's what I wanted to say to you. We've been this way together 
for years. We're going to be together. But the Lord wants to rearrange. I've been using the word as it gave me. Reset this whole thing. In order for that to happen, something has to happen here in your heart, in your mind. I need you to come as a person who is commissioned by God to carry out his commands. I need you to come. I, I'd, like to, I'd like to give you a title. I think a good word, I, I just because I don't, I think, I don't know a better one. If I could pin it on you, I would. It, it's <clears throat> ambassador. Because yeah. you, you represent something that's not of this world. We're the walking, breathing, living proof that there is a kingdom. And it belongs to our God and his Christ and it is come and the Lord wants to prepare you say ambassador, ambassador. yeah some of you think oh my god me oh gee I don't oh Lord I don't how could I, could I represent you don't worry just come he gonna fix you so you can and the people said amen. amen don't let your place be empty don't let your spot with your name don't let that place be empty. By the way, when Judas, because of his hardness of heart, who refused to believe that he could be forgiven for what he did, if Peter betrayed him and he, he, Peter was forgiven, Judas could have, but he would not believe. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And he sat at the table and he watched the miracles, but he did not. But at the end of the day, he let his greed overcome him. And he did not believe that God could, could save him, turn him around. Took his own life. Every one of you men and women of the kingdom of God. My responsibility, the responsibility of those of us who lead God's people is to prepare them. To prepare them. This word is an amazing word. To prepare them. To set. The word prepare actually means to put back in place. Like a joint that gets out of place or a broken bone. We prepare, put them back in place and equip them. I know, I know. All your tradition gonna mess you up. Don't let your tradition, don't let your tradition mess you up. Look at your neighbor and say, you are an ambassador. A minister of the kingdom of God. Hello, somebody. Okay, I gotta let you go because they looking at me crazy now. People back there say, y'all, Bishop, uh, 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 you're online. Hey, onlineers, hey, what? Guess, hey, hey, you, excuse me, you. That means you too. No less. In order for you to fulfill what God's called you to be and do, you need to be instructed. You need to worship the king. You need to receive and be empowered and anointed and delivered so you can minister deliverance to others. Okay, I guess we can go home now. I think that's pretty good. I think I'm going.
Say it again. I got it out. I got it out. I'm done. I'm pretty good. I'm all right now. So, I'm done. thank you. So, when you go, when you go, go with your ambassador. I don't care. I don't care where you come from. God don't care what your background was. He could care less. In fact, the uglier your background, the brighter you shine. That's what that thing is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know that's right. God wants to pin that. He wants you to wear that pin, and he don't want you to, he don't want you to shame his name. He wants you to wear that pin. He wants you to represent. Then we said represent. Represent. Look at your brother. Say represent. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. Make his face to shine upon you and give you peace till we meet again. Wednesday night online. All parents. We'll see you there. God bless you.